everyone. Welcome to the Sky and Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. What a week. Uh, isn't it great that we're just all alive right now? What a time. Um, this week we had Julia, owner of Plant Joy, and uh, Nourish on the podcast. She was fantastic. She went to Cooper Union, uh, which is right next to NYU where I went, so we had a lot to talk about, and she's just a great person. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stallion Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. I'm Julia Simon. Hello. Welcome. Hello. This is so exciting. We were just talking. Uh, you went to Cooper Union in uh, New York. I think you should tell people about that, but let's just start... So where are you from? I'm from South Florida. So how did you get from South Florida to New York for school? So um, I always wanted to go. Um, I did not enjoy growing up. I, I enjoyed the first 10 years of my life in Florida. I did not really enjoy trying to make art or feel creative in that state. And um, as I became an adult and just sort of watched a lot of my friends like, just do so many drugs and just, you know, <laughs> kind of just like, it seemed like everybody was just sort of settling into like a really unhealthy sort of lifestyle. Um, I just knew I, I kind of didn't, I kind of knew I couldn't stay. Um, and so, um, and I was lucky enough to go to the, one of the better magnet schools in the state. I went to a place called um, Dreyfus School of the Arts and there was just a really strong connection between New York and that school. And we had people that would help us um, you know, figure out portfolio. We just spent a lot of time on art and, and art making. And so I was just in a really good position in high school to be able to go after some serious scholarship money and just get the heck out. Um, and that's not, you know, people talk about Florida man and Florida has this whole reputation. Um, it really is like that. Like, like, <laughs> It, like don't like don't let anybody tell you. I mean seriously like I grew up in the sticks of South Florida I grew up in a place called Loxahatchee um when I was six somebody's baby got eaten by an alligator all right that's a really great memory um when I was nine um I kind of ran away from home to Tarzan's house who was literally somebody who played Tarzan um back in like the 40s and 50s and who had a complex a mile from my house that were these like tall concrete walls and he had big cats and you could see through these like weird little cracks in the wall that he had like leopards and, and cheetahs and um one time his, his house caught on fire and his black leopard saved him from the fire like florida man is real all the stuff you hear about florida is real and <laughs> so i just couldn't you hang have, so you were you're like joe exotic like you <laughs> right. it's like tiger king i mean at, you, at least my neighbors Right. I mean, I was a nerd. I didn't hang. I couldn't hang. I mean, that's what I'm saying here, Jason. (laughs) I couldn't hang. Yeah. Yvonne's uh, my wife who uh, has quit the podcast, Mm. but she loves Plant Joy. She's actually been to Plant Joy. She said you have the best hot chocolate bomb (laughs) in the entire city. Uh, But yeah, she's her mom lives in uh, Palm Coast. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's like as soon as you start driving, like, you know, you're in South Carolina, bunch of rednecks, George, mm-hmm. bunch of rednecks. But as soon as you get across the line to Florida, it's just the people. They're just special people there. Who are these people? Yeah, I, yeah. It's a strange mix. I mean, and I love a Florida. I love Florida, but uh, not to live. And so um, and so I moved to the city. Like, and um, we were just talking about school. Um, I, I like hung out in your the Bopes Library, the NYU Library, a lot. Um, enjoyed going to Cooper, but that's definitely the city so is where I. So where'd you live? Where'd you live in New York? I lived in um, I lived in Williamsburg um, for a number of years, and then I got an apartment on my own. Um, the only place I could afford to get an apartment was Spanish Harlem, which is yes, the, 
yes, the very top of Central Park on the east side, right? Um, and it was delicious. It was a delicious place. And I will say, I remember the first night when um the first like night I spent in New York as a, as a matriculated student, I'd gone to the city for some art programs before. Um, but they when I went to Parsons, they put us up in um, an apartment building on 78th and um, what was it? 78th and Broadway. And that was right close to Fairway, which is one of the raddest grocery stores. I don't know if you remember one of the best grocery stores that exists in the world. And they were open all night. And I was staying up all night. So I just go wander the aisles at Fairway and like try all the different balsamic dressings. And like the dudes would save like stale bagels for me because I know as a broke art student. And that's like where I learned how many rad olive oils there are. You know what I mean? It's like I would be studying art and I would, it's like 4 a.m. And I would like drink a cup of coffee and like go over to Fairway and be like, what does that olive oil taste like? <laughs> like the city was like this whole new experience, not only in art and making, but eating. There's so many good things to eat. You know, and it's it's so like because when you were there, like 1999, <laughs> and it's just so completely even because I got there in 2005, mm-hmm. and it was still like Manhattan. Every place in Manhattan was pretty much like gentrified by them, but not as much as it is now. Like no. when you were there, like people were like, "Don't go to Alphabet City." Like real talk, people thought that like where we where NYU was and where Cooper Union was was like. scary yeah yeah and I mean like I'd been you know 98 99 um 97 96 I spent a summer there um nobody should have let me go to the city by myself but I went with my best friend and we just man we did a lot of drugs just wandering around you know so were you there on 9-11 I was there on 9-11 yes yes so what was that like um super scary super weird um there's a reason why New Yorkers think that it was an inside job um, because it felt really, it just looked, it looked like somebody was imploding the building. Do you know what I mean? And I always tell the story. The the weekend before, um, I was at a party. There was like, we all knew that this huge factory in Brooklyn was getting demoed. And we all wanted to like take pictures of it and film it and like work it into our film projects and all this, right? Because there's nothing cooler than like a six-story block-sized building imploding. And so we all had done all this like kind of forensic thinking about buildings falling down. And so when the towers went, they looked just like that. Like they looked like a building that was being that was being toppled purposefully. And so all of there were so many conspiracy theorists born just like standing there watching it. You know what I mean? And I always sound like a wingnut. Like I'm always like, oh my god, I'm on the conspiracy theory count, like pyramid with this crap. But it's from that. It's from like just our eye, you know, watching a like watching something purposely demoed and then watching the towers. You know, it was really weird, Jason. The trains shut down. There were B-52 bombers like zooming overhead for weeks. There was no way to get anywhere. Like you had to walk everywhere. And the you know six hours after the event, people were just so Cooper is on Third Avenue and like Seventh Street, pretty much Seventh and Eighth Street. And so people, it's a direct shot to the financial district down Third Avenue, really. And so people were just walking up, like, covered in dust. Like, we were just sitting on the porch of the studio building, just walking people, watching people walk like zombies, just covered in dust, trying to walk home, completely out of it. We all gave blood and just didn't know what to do, you know? Yeah, it was a weird time. That had to be, it's kind of funny because there's, like, every generation of New York has, like, a moment. Obviously, mm-hmm. 9-11 was, like, a crazy moment, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you were there for the blackout. Yeah, uh, I was there. Um, what was I there for? There was like, there's always like a big snow. I was like Hurricane Sandy, which was oh, shit, yeah. twelve. That was like, yeah, stuff got blacked out for like weeks. Yeah. I left like two months before that. Okay. But my buddy, who my roommate, who was still living in the same place, mm. he like was fucked. 
Yeah, super scary. One of my um, closest friends that still lives up there has a drag name named after um, that hurricane, and it's Sandy Devastation, and it's terribly lovely and funny. <laughs> so, so how did you? We'll come back to. I feel like we'll come back to New York, but how did you get to Charlotte? Um, I wanted to start a business, and I knew I wasn't going to do it there. Because it was just too expensive? Too expensive. So cutthroat. Just too, everything, uh, even just in the small time that I was sort of doing some entrepreneurial things there, um, just everything took so much work, so much regulation. It felt like everybody was waiting to get their, like, palms lined. You know what I mean? It just, it was really intimidating, you know? Um, And I knew I wanted to do something. Just didn't feel like the right place. So, so you studied art. Mm -hmm. So how'd you decide from studying (laughs) art, which is not, you know, not a lot of business teaching probably in the art school at Cooper. Oh, totally. No. (laughs) Yeah. We had like a, we had a class called science for artists that was like, this is the shapes in your eyes. Like it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love you, Cooper. No, no offense, Cooper, but wow. Um, so while I was, I was really broke, you know? Um, and so I was doing a lot of like eating of cheap things and, and, um, trying to learn how to cook them and, you know, it's just the city's full of so much delicious food. And um, but I also really started thinking, you know, I don't have the healthiest relationship with food. It's like a lifelong piece of work for me. I feel like um, and this is an interesting thing. Every time I every time I talk to a food person about their relationship with food, everybody's got something like people that are willing to, to make food and to think about food for their whole life. Um, food has done something for them maybe that food's not supposed to. Right. It's been a comfort or it's been an escape. Right. So like all of us like. All of us super crazy chef people probably have not the healthiest relationship with food. (laughs) So I was kind of doing this work, like, and I was thinking about, like, how, you know, I have a lot of, um, there's a lot of food addiction in my family. There's a lot of obesity. Like, I struggled as a teenager with all kinds of crazy stuff with food, and I wanted to, like, think about food as a healing agent. And so I got to take some, um, some weekend classes at a school that is now defunct called the Natural Gourmet Institute. And at the time, it was the only place you could get an actual culinary degree um, only cooking vegan foods, like only cooking plant-based. Now that is not the case any longer. Like there's a Cordon Bleu track. There are other culinary schools you can go to across the world in the United States where you can study, fully study culinary cuisine and, and just cook plant-based and matriculate and get a degree, but not at the time. And so at that time, um, there were all these, there were all kinds of really beautiful people coming through there. There were people, you know, big names were small names then. And um, But really the, 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 the school is really about Eastern ideologies, Ayurveda was the, it was the first time I'd ever heard of Ayurvedic eating and and teachings. Um, A lot of like Eastern ideologies, Chinese medicine, um, mushrooms as medicine. It was a really cool time. And so I kind of was inspired to learn about food in this new way. Food, food had really up until that point been a comfort. And then this like culinary exploration where I just want to eat everything under the sun and moving to the city. I'd never thought about food as, as like a healing, a healing agent before. And so that's kind of where my interest in that started, you know, but also I'd always been a vegetarian, like I'd always been an ethical eater and I'd never, you know, when I was a kid, I never, I could never handle like people fishing and then us eating the fish. It was always like, no, it's a, it's a being, I don't eat beings, you know? So there was, there was that piece too. Um, so it was exciting. It was exciting. It was exciting to, it was exciting to get to know that. And then, you know, coming to Charlotte. Um, and so at the time I was doing, I was doing some catering for people. I was doing some wedding like very small wedding stuff out of my garbage, tiny, tiny postage stamp of a crappy kitchen um and then when i moved here i was i was trying to do work in the but field but i was in charlotte like we just had people here and i was afraid to go somewhere we didn't have people my uh, my partner at the time now husband eric 
um, had really close friends here. He had lived there before he had moved up there with me and Eric I've known since I was 16. So he kind of, we kind of reconnected and like, you know, now we've been together forever and it's super lovely, but, um, we were living in the city and we were like, we can't live here. We're broke. We can't save money. Like I had an offer profit job that was paying me $32,000. You know, I just, you can't make it work up there. You know, it's tough. Um, so looking around the country where we had people, Charlotte, I knew Charlotte and I knew Charlotte is an entrepreneurial friendly city. I knew it was a city that loved its small business and it just looked like the right place to try something weird. I love it. Okay. So, yeah. so in New York, what were like, what were the vegetarian spots back then? Like what were like, I want to, if you're a chef, like this is where I want to work or want to eat. Yeah. There weren't really that many. So, um, Probably one of my favorite places ever is B&H Dairy. And you might remember that because it was right really, really close to NYU. And that was like a Jewish, right? It was like a just a deli. And they um, they didn't serve any meat. They served some fish. But it was like matzo ball soup. Everything was like vegetarian. Um, there was lots of vegan stuff. Best pancakes, best potato pancakes ever. I mean, just like delicious, you know. Um, dojo. Do you remember Dojo? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Abused Dojo. I mean, that was like the $4 meal. Like you would just eat it every yeah. day. Yeah. That we was like right a, at NYU. Hell yeah. Great place. There's a there's a recipe that I reverse engineered from my memory of those. Um, remember those? No, no. The health department shut them down. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I remember going there like after exams with like people in my class. Same. You remember the um, hijiki tofu patties? I don't remember anything about that place other than <laughs> <laughs> there were drinks. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yes, they definitely had alcohol. Yes. But yeah, like those patties are on our menu, like an homage to them is on our menu. Awesome. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you eat well in the city. Even if you don't have any money, you eat well, you know? Yeah, there's so many. That's the best thing is like there's street vendors and it's amazing. And, you know, you find like, especially as a student, you find like all these little places around that are like $3 and you can eat all this stuff and it's amazing. Yeah, the Oasis Falafel. Oasis Falafel in Williamsburg got all of my money. It's the best falafel in the States. So good. $4. Can't beat it. I used to go, did you ever go to Mamoon's? Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, Oasis is better. But I know, uh, we, can, I know we can fight. I know we can fight. There. I'm, that's <laughs> like, as soon as COVID ends, that's, I'm, I ha, this is, so 2020 was the first year I hadn't been back to New York since 2002, yeah. maybe. So I'm dying to go back up there and just eat. And yeah. Oasis is going on the list. I'm actually writing that down as we start. That is a, that is a fun. On a notepad. Yeah, that is a falafel, a falafel. And it's funny, I actually got to go up to the city um, three months ago. Um, one of my favorite employees that I've ever had, Craigles, um, Craig Linthicum, um, started an arm of Nourish. And it was the first weekend they were cooking out of a, their their own commercial kitchen in, in Queens. And so I went up to be with them for their first cook cycle. Um, and it was kind of right where, like, right at the COVID lull. You know what I mean? Um, so it was like as safe as it f could feel, but it was still super unsafe feeling. And the whole time I was just like losing my mind. Um, it was super weird, but it was super fun. But yeah, now everything's kind of like getting back locked down. It's kind of scary. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you moved to Charlotte. I did. So how did you decide that you're going to open up? Because you open up Nourish first? Well, I was working as a personal chef. I was trying, um, my last four years in the city, I was working for uh, an after school. Basically, I was working to teach um, at-risk youth, how to use technology to like build websites and record music. I was working at a, um, it was an MIT program actually called the Computer Clubhouse. And it was all this like really great high tech expensive equipment put into um, community centers. And so making technology a little more accessible to people that may not have 
total access. Um, so I was doing that and I was hoping to find work like that here, but it was right. It was 2009. It was like right in the recession and there just wasn't really any not-for-profits funding in Charlotte that was non-denominational. And I felt strongly about not joining like a Christian based group to do this kind of work. Right. So I was like, all right, well, what other skill sets do I have? I don't think I'm gonna make any money painting murals for people. So I started cooking, um, kind of, you know, inspired by the work, the after, the after evening classes I'd done at the natural gourmet Institute, trying to make, like in you know anti-inflammatory diet stuff farm to table was a really big push for me vegan and then gluten-free and refined sugar-free trying to like play the game what's the most what's the healthiest food you can make what's healthy sustainable food look like in charlotte right and so i got busy like i was there really weren't anybody there wasn't anybody doing vegan or vegetarian i mean this is back in like you know this is back in like 2009 you know Right when I moved here, 2010, there just wasn't that many of me. And so I got busy really quickly. And so when I met my um, business partner, I, um, she's no longer with the company, but when I met her in 2012 and she had an idea of how to like codify the food into a system, just made sense. And we got busy really quickly. Yeah, because back in 2009, people like, Charlotte's like a little behind on the food trends. Mm -hmm. So people were probably like, you can't go there without any meat. How's right. that possible? <laughs> I got really lucky because I met this woman. I have to shout out L. Erickson. And actually, um, Food Babe, we met, we, Food Babe came and talked to one of L's cleanse groups, like back before she was Food Babe. Um, and like all of the, and Bean, like Charlie, who owns Bean Vegan Cuisine, um, was at these meetings. And Scott, um, who owns Viva Raw, all of us like know each other. We're like the first generation of like vegan entrepreneurs in Charlotte. Um, all of this stuff was coalescing around these like cleanse groups that she would lead. She called it three weeks to wellness. And she said, ditch alcohol, caffeine, sugar, and animal products for three weeks. And you will feel so much better that you'll never go back. And so she started, she created like a, like our first big vegan culinary scene. Now I say that as a white person, there was definitely a whole lot of vegan eating and vegan culinary stuff happening in the black community in Charlotte, but there wasn't really a bridge and we didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't really know that much what we were doing. Um, but yeah, I mean that's like that's a that's a lot of the beginning of veganism in Charlotte really gaining foothold is L with these crazy groups and I was doing all the cooking, right? So I was doing like basically a little mini illegal nourish, um, <laughs> and making people like vegan gluten free. It's okay, you're, pa you're past the statute of limitations. So. Sorry, health department, I follow all the rules now. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, we do have a big health department listening. It's mostly them and convicts. So great, uh, great. Sorry, everybody, you got to get started somehow, and y'all, you know, the rules are intense. <laughs> um so yeah it was just like i just got busy and i met laura and laura's like oh i totally have an idea for the system and i'm like hell yeah let's do this um and then in you know and then in 2012 nourish was born so so tell people who don't know what nourish is what nourish is sure. nourish is a vegan um, and gluten-free and refined sugar-free organic intentionally sourced sustainably made um, delivery meal delivery service and we deliver food all over the southeast with a focus on mecklenburg county um, today we delivered something like 128 orders um, of all sizes to families, to working professionals. Um, we dropped a couple of office um, caterings off. We try to make it really, really easy to eat sustainably and well. Um, and the 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 mission of the company is to raise the level of health in Mecklenburg County some degree. So um, we're heading into our ninth year of business. Um, we've won Best Vegan a number of times from various publications around town. Um, we work really hard to make really great food. And as a result of the model being a bit COVID-proof and having one of our best years to date, um, we just opened our first brick and mortar called Plant Joy. 
Um, it's a cute little food stand on the outskirts of Camp North End. It's the fourth of the Keswick food stalls. We share space with Saru Ramen, um, La Caseta, um, Taqueria, and Blue Barn Bistros, um, sort of like brick and mortar as well. And between the four, we make some of the best food you can get in Charlotte. Yeah, we we love it's Camp North End's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, Camp North End, it feels like the High Line in New York. I agree. I love like, that. They, they've done like a very cool way of like making it feel old, but have the modern vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the food there is amazing. So go so go back to Nourish. So you so you can basically order like ha- if if I were to order something, mm-hmm. how often do I get it? Do I yeah. do it once a week? Yeah, we do weekly. <clears throat> we do weekly Monday, Tuesday, um, and then we can do pickups for anybody else. Um, we had a more robust system before COVID. It's it's kind of trimmed itself down a little bit to mainly just deliveries um, on Monday and Tuesday, mainly Monday. And we also ship. So we have a box. We have a couple of boxes of food going to strange, <clears throat> distant vegans right in places um, far away. We do that piece, too. Um, we carbon offset all those shipments. Um, but, yeah, it's meal delivery, right? I mean, we do breakfast, lunch, dinner, soup, salads. We uh, all kinds of activated, activated grain things, fermented things. You know, we sell um, gorgeous cashew cheeses, um, all sorts of local products that we believe into, herbal teas, tinctures, things that, um, you know, if you want to eat some of the best, most delicious artisanal products in Charlotte that are also vegan and gluten-free and intentionally sourced. Um, we've got a menu full of them. If you want to really poke at what he- eating well in Charlotte, North Carolina looks like, a lot of those people are making food that we have on the menu in addition to the gorgeous food that we make. And then um, we're proud to support local farms. Um, I think this last week <clears throat> of our fresh produce purchase, I think, and I remember it's winter time, I think we spent 45% of our produce purchase with um, local farms. It's a challenge to do in January, you know, and we do a lot of that purchasing through Freshlist. Um, and I think that's, you know this. That's going to be last week's podcast. I just did uh, Matt, who's a vegan. Yep, Matt's he a good was, friend of mine. He was uh, saying high praises of you because I guess all like you vegan people, you. We know each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Maddie and I have had the pleasure of sharing um, time um, on VegFest. So we've been, um, the last couple of years, he's on Team VegFest, uh, helping pull that big, crazy 5,000, 6,000 person party off every uh, October until COVID hit. <clears throat> so that's been really fun. Matt and I've got to, he jokes and likes to, he likes to say we have this competitive relationship and I'm like, whatever you know like one t- like we we did a little chef off like twice and now he thinks it's competitive i i consider matt a very close friend and, and I love it's him not too. competitive if you win every time he won once and i won and we won once so <laughs> <laughs> it's one for one but yeah he's great and you're right i mean it's not it's a tightly knit little scene it's like i know everybody that ever all the restaurateurs like we all know each other like we talk to each other we try to support each other and help each other out we try to be sounding boards for each other you know um because it's really not just like a bottom line like make food make money it's change the world for better make it a more sustainable planet make people happier and healthier show our show our fellow like cohabitants of the planet animals plants everybody um more compassion more love so tell us how charlotte's changed for a vegan over the last 10 years (laughs) man i always sound like um like a granny with this stuff um and i have been here i've been here for a decade so i can speak to there being nothing really like you go to loopies and be like leave off the cheese on those chili nachos you know, um, you can go to Dish and be like, is there ranch, is there milk powder in your veggie burger? I mean, it was weird trying to eat as a vegan back in the day, right? Um, and I got to shout Ben Ton out because they always, they were always like, oh, you don't eat fish sauce. 
we'll make you a special sauce that you can dip your noodles into. And that was like where vegans ate. Benton, Lang Van, like Vietnamese, right? And we're really lucky. We have like such good Vietnamese food here. We have better Vietnamese food here than we did in New York when I lived there, for sure. Passionate yeah. makers of like, yeah, I believe that. I mean, we, we still are working on Thai. I mean, I still am waiting on, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, we have some really great Vietnamese cooks here. So um, I feel like that's what people did. I mean, leaning into Asian food, Roussan's was a place. Um, but it's funny, I was laughing the other day, I ordered like a, um, unfortunately, we worked over the New Year's holiday here because we get really busy in January. And so I bought my team like a vegan party pizza from Tony's and it's like this 28 inch, it's a ridiculous party pizza. It's something that like vegans never would even imagine have having in Charlotte like five years ago, you know, but now we can get like pizza, like legit pizza, you know, um, it's changed drastically. I mean, but there was always, I will say this, like as a person that visited Charlotte um, in the late 90s and early 2000s before moving here, it always felt veggie friendly. Like it always felt, I don't know if you remember Peaceful Dragon. Oh, of course. That, that my, Wasn't that like near Still Creek? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, my, I, so my dad used to, we used to go there because yeah. it was like, I'm sure it's not there anymore. This was like when I was, this it had is, to be the early 2000s. Yeah. But yeah, you would go there and they had like. It was like going to the Far East and they had like the bridges and they were like, you would, they had the rest, you'd walk in, there's a restaurant, then they were doing like the Tai Chi on the left. I remember. And, those <laughs> and it was all, yeah, that was, ve- that was. Vegetarian, vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were great. It, yeah. And, and it's it was funny, always Jeff, good. That's so yeah. fun. I hadn't thought about that in 20 years. So good. And they're always, and they made, and they, they were really honest about it. They were like, we just don't make enough money to do this anymore, but it's cool. So the chef, Jeff, um, and he's a friend of mine, and he's now the Minister of Culinary Culture, I think is his crazy title. Um, he's like the big the big chef at Common Market. Like, he's the big guy, the head honcho chef. And so he was doing this little, he was making the Peaceful Dragon food for like a fun, for like a minute, right before COVID. It was great. He did like a whole Peaceful Dragon, because he was cooking there at the time. Like, that's, I think, one of the first places he worked as a chef. And so he was like cooking the burger and like all the flavors that we all remembered. Yeah. And it was super lovely. But yeah, I mean... I always felt that Charlotte was, I mean, and it could be proximity to Asheville, but I always just felt like there was a lot here to eat. Woodlands, Woodlands is one of my very favorite restaurants before I moved here. And like, you know, I loved, I loved that restaurant. It was some of the best Indian food I'd had, even, even compared to New York. It was just world-class Indian food. You know, we had, we just had these weird little pockets of delicious vegetarian food enough so that I felt like comfy living here, you know, and, and eating well, you know? Yeah, it's funny because, I didn't even think about this, but my dad was veget—he was a pescatarian okay. for a, a long time. So that's why we would go to like the Peaceful Dragon because they all like if you're a vegetarian, there's only like three restaurants mm-hmm. that you could go to that like were of the quality that you'd want to eat. So yeah. I remember Zeta Jane's putting that tofu scramble on the menu and that being like really risky. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> and now we have like. Eight, like I feel like the number of just burger vegan burger joints that have joined the market this year, I think we have five between like food trucks and pop-ups. It's crazy. Like it exploded last year and like it exploded the year before too. But this year it's like mayhem. Like there's just so there. I always was like, oh man, I totally know what's going on in the vegan scene in Charlotte. Like I know everybody and like I know where the food is and I know all the stuff. I don't know the stuff anymore. It's too big. You know, I don't know the stuff anymore. That's and that's good. awesome. That was like you're kind of one of the founding, founding, uh, not fathers, but <laughs> I don't even know about the that. Founding people of sure. the, uh, um, I, I feel like veganism and vegetarian, like, I feel like it's lost the stigma that it 
had um, that people are like, I don't get it. But I think people, you know, I think we get it now. Yeah. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger coming out as a vegan did a lot for that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Arnold Schwarzenegger, it, it turns out, uh, maybe our most important politician we've ever had. I real talk. Yeah. <laughs> Watching his character arc and him mature as a human being and become like a better person. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And being really open about it. It's been amazing. I mean, he just, like, he just, uh, did you see the video he just released? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just real talk about America. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's the Terminator, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know that guy's done some very questionable things back in the, the Yeah, day, I mean, you know? you know, like, he was uh, 98% steroids at one point. Oh, yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> the there was that movie... Game. Yeah, but there was that movie Game Changers, and it wasn't just him, right? There was this whole movie last year that basically took the idea of veganism and vegetarianism being, like, fey or being, like, a not a manly stance and just tore it apart, right? And I think, like, that was really – that, to me, looked, it, it looks like a like something has shifted pretty drastically since then. Because I think, you know, when you talk about the diet – and the concerns we all have for the future of the planet and the future of our species, a lot of the big, big concerns are handled by eating vegan, right? Like we have an environmental piece that's in there. We have like a, um, a becoming so a explain, higher. Explain the. Sure. Explain why it's in. Why in it's important to be vegan, not just for your health, but for the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're all we're we're using up the resources of the planet too quickly in an unsustainable way. When people talk about sustainability, it's like a, the cycle, the the things that are used to make the products that you need um, are self-sustaining. That's what we're hoping. To, that's what we're shooting for when we use the term sustainability. Um, and the standard American diet is not sustainable, right? We have created a dust bowl in the middle of the country, um, growing monoculture or growing monocrops and farming beef. Like we just can't do this anymore if we want to survive as a species. So the argument about veganism is that instead of, you know, instead of going to animal protein for your protein, why not cut out the middleman and go straight to the, to the plants that made the beef that you're used to eating in your burgers, right? And that maybe, um, and maybe we don't even, maybe you, we continue to eat meat, but maybe it's meat that's grown and not meat that's slaughtered. And maybe that's better for the environment, right? If we talk about methane pools and pork and the destruction that it wreaks on the North Carolina coasts and waterways, I mean, that's some serious pollution that's really difficult to reverse. When we talk about greenhouse gases and how effective methane, which is cow farts, guys, right? Methane is like the leading greenhouse gas. If, you, if you're eating beef, you're supporting greenhouse gases that we can't control. So if you really want to get a handle on what you individually can do to help the human species survive, eat more plants, eat less beef. And if you do eat meat and you do eat beef, eat beef from a farm, eat beef from somebody you know, make it special, make it like it, make it a flavor agent and not your main sustenance, you know, really go back to plants, you know, like really revel in like the beautiful. And it's such a funny thing, you know, we live um, having grown, having done a lot of cooking with North, you know, with New York environmental, like beautiful farm raised stuff, right? The green market, you remember the green market and, and, and yeah, I remember like, there's just like, Union Square Park every Saturday would be this encyclopedia of like locally grown fare. And we have all of that and more here. And we have a longer growing season and you can be eating delicious, locally grown, gorgeous North Carolina produce year round. Like we have it so easy. We should all be eating more vegetables. We should be eating closer to where we live. You know, so veganism is great. It, it, it nails some of the bigger concerns about heading into the 22nd century as a, as the human species. Right. We create less waste. We um, are more delicate with the planet. We're better for our bodies. You know, um, 
I'm sorry. I know everybody likes keto and you get a really great six pack, but that is tough on your kidneys. That is not a diet that you can leave, live, you know, live to your elder years, <laughs> like munching, right? And veganism is just kind of lighter on your body. Now, that's not to say that you can get, you, you know, just because something's vegan doesn't mean that it's healthy, right? If you eat like, like if every meal is a vegan burger and is a, an impossible patty from Burger King, that is not a healthy way to eat vegan, <laughs> right? But just naturally, when you choose this diet, you end up eating more vegetables and you end up eating all the vegetables you thought you didn't like. And you just kind of get to know the vegetable kingdom a whole lot better, you know? So if you're like vegan curious, <laughs> where would you say, where would you say like you should start? Hmm. Um, if you want to cook for yourself, I think there's so I do that shit. Oh no. Yeah. Jason says, nah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I like, I like recommending, you know, we have a really, really vibrant scene. We have so many different vegan chefs cooking so many different ways. Um, we have a very, like, a mass of talented black chefs that are doing pop-ups, that are doing um, all kinds of really interesting, like, meat substitutes and, and like, and, you know, I don't know, culinary explorations. There's a there's a pop-up, um, my friend Akil, called Vigo, uh, Vigo Food Truck. He does really beautiful things, like, he'll do country fried steak. Like, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, like, all this vegetable-centric cooking, but it's really familiar, and he does a really good job. Right. So if you're missing, if you're like, yo, I really just want to eat vegetables for the next month. I want to see how it goes. But you're like in week two and you're craving a steak like Vigo, Vigo food trucks, are a great place to sort of frequent because you can scratch that itch for, for craving that steak and still just be eating like plants and beans and legumes and soy. Right. I mean, if you want, um, I still think bean vegan cuisine has some of the best vegan burgers in town. I feel like they do a really good job. If you want like a sloppy, gross burger, um, they do great. Pinky's West Side Grill has like chili cheese pimento fries these vegan they're ridiculous if you want a food coma like go to pinkies it's so good you know um if you want to like if you want to get you know there's like i was saying we have the, all of the vietnamese restaurants um if you go to vietnam grill on south boulevard um my man makes a homemade um pho stock every day that's vegan um that is thoughtful intentional delicious like you will not miss the beef you know um and then I would say come and join our come and join our big crazy vegan group. We have a a, a group called Vegan Charlotte NC, um, Vegan City Charlotte NC. I'm sorry, um, it's seven thousand people strong. It's like all kinds of cool vegan friends in town throwing up recommendations on delicious things they're eating. If you if you are in need of a resource, somebody knows that resource. Um, I don't know. I mean, Fern Flavors is super lovely. Veltri, if you're looking for really great fried chicken, vegan fried chicken, they're like notorious. They make delicious vegan fried chicken. You know. I would say come to VegFest, but I don't know when we get to do one of those again. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, that sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I, actually, one of my like early memories is going to a Chinese restaurant in New York, and it's like all it was all vegetarian and yeah. like. But we every have one of the we have one. What is it? It's called Mama Walk. <laughs> Where is that? It's South Charlotte, and it's and they uh, they've been fully vegan for two years, and let me tell you, Jason. Man, their Yelp ratings when they went fully vegan, their people got pissed, and it was like it was sad to see. I was like, "Oh, all y'all missing your like orange chicken." And there's like a Chinese restaurant literally a mile away from them. People were so mean to them on the internet. Oh my gosh, but they're super great. They're like a super lovely family. I'm talking like hot and sour. Everything they have like General Tso's chicken, like everything. It's just like New York. You got to go check it out. I love it's super it. good. Okay, so talk to us about Plant Joy. Sure. Plant Joy is, I feel like I've been watching, I don't know, I feel like 
my dietary journey um, started definitely with vegan burgers. Like my, like, you know, I was eating a lot of about a decade into veganism here and I was eating a lot of cheese at the end and it was making me feel like garbage. And so when I stopped eating cheese and I started eating more vegetables and I was like, I am now vegan, I'm an ethical vegan. Um, I was eating a lot of garbage vegan food. I was eating, um, and I love them to death and I'll love Mare's food to the day I die, but I was eating a lot of like vegan chili cheesesteaks from a place that is now defunct called ZZ's Vegan To Go. Um, it's actually the Veltri, Veltri uh, took the spot over a few years back. Um, and, and Mare is still active in cooking, but just not out of that spot. I ate so many vegan Philly cheesesteaks. And so I feel like the way that, that, that this works, and you know, now I now I eat them occasionally, now I eat it bean occasionally, but I really eat a lot of fresh vegetables um, balanced with, uh, you know, I think about macros a little bit, um, balanced with multiple sources of proteins, a lot of legumes, and I keep it really fresh and rotating, a lot of, a lot of different vegetables, a lot of different grains. Um, and I think that if I went back to eating the way I did when I first went vegan, I was eating like a Reuben and a burger and all this stuff every day, I'd feel like garbage, right? And so I think this is what is a bummer about leveling up. Like if you start really doing better for your body, you start knowing what actually feeling well feels like. And then you can't go to Waffle House anymore, man. <laughs> you oh, don't, can't. Tell me. don't tell me about that. Yeah, it's just off the map. You're like, oh, if like you see it and you're like, oh, that's two days of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like once you really, once you get to this place where well, you're really, our Waffle House sponsorship. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jason. And I love you, Waffle House and scattered, smothered, What you know, but I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I have to be careful about, um, I just have to be a little more careful about my food, but that's because I've become so more attuned to how my body feels when I eat. Like, I feel like as a younger person, I just ate and I didn't really pay attention. I was like, huh, I'm tired and feel like crap. That's weird. And I would just roll out. But as you age, right, you're like, I don't really yeah. like feeling this way. This is like the hangover argument, right? You're like, I don't really want to be hungover for two days. So I don't think it's worth it. And you feel like a total jerk, but it's true, you know? So I feel like once you get into a cycle with your body where you really get into periods of true health and really listening and being in tune, it starts to shape your diet. And so my diet does not consist of a lot of like soy protein isolate. It just doesn't make me feel good. You know, I like mushrooms. I like cauliflower. I like vegetables. And so that's like really where we are trying to sit with plant joy. We are not trying to fry mushrooms into chicken. We are not trying to make seitan into beef. We are trying to revel in vegetables and get really strange with it. And so we have like things like kimchi ranch. We have things like um, a falafel tower, which is basically just like piles and piles of all the beautiful things that happen in a falafel, but in like sort of like a hands-on set. We have something called sakka and salad. Like one of the things that... Um, we found we really liked cooking for ourselves um, last year where we would make really warm, crispy pancakes out of things like dosa or bansao, um, and then we would top them with salads during staff meals. And so we would have this really fun play between hot and salty and crispy and cold um, and crispy. And so that combination was really important to the team, and we played around with it a lot. And so we have that set um, at Plant Joy. We do things like... Um, you know, we, we have two sandwiches that are just strange. They're just vegetables between bread treated all these different ways to make them savory and delicious. You know, we have a plant based quiche. So we have this like gorgeous quiche stack um, that's just this really just wall. <laughs> and there's always like seasonal vegetables and like homemade cheeses and stuff in between it. Um, we have a gorgeous Caesar salad. We joke around. We call it a nice Caesar, you know, <laughs> and it's got like all these mushrooms and all these grilled elements and all these like seeded elements and you eat it and you feel like you could, you know, run a marathon. Like you feel good. You feel lifted, you know? Uh, so, so I would say. I might, I'm hungry right now. Yeah. I might I'm run glad. a marathon. I'm sorry. Okay. We're closed. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like you should get over there. <laughs>
Yeah. So I'm definitely leaning into Mediterranean, the love of the Mediterranean. You know, um, your partner said she loved the the hot chocolate. That's our halva hot chocolate. You probably remember halva from being a youth in a Jewish household. Yeah. yeah. So loved halva, like loved halva as a kid. Um, So trying to go after that a little bit that like it's not too sweet. It's always balanced by that toast flavor, by that salty toasty. And that that balance is so fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. First time I had that, I spit it out. I was like, ugh. What What did you need in light? It was too bitter? It was, it was, it was just, it was, it tasted like sand. Huh. Texturally for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like I've grown up. I mean, that was like two weeks ago, but now I'm like, (laughs) I'm, I'm ready. Right. So, um, if you're going to go to Plant Joy and you're not a vegan, Mm. what do you recommend someone, um, trying for the first time? I think, um, so I have to shout out my co-exec chef. So we're out here trying to mess around with the culinary titles and do things that people don't do. So since a whole exec chef position is a lot and tends to, um, you know, drive people into the ground, um, they and I have sort of split up the duties to um, reflect what the two of us are good at. And so they're the day-to-day and their name is Sarah Whittlesley. And their recipe, their big um, big piece they contributed and they've contributed a million different ways. And so has Shirley, Paige, Allison and Alex, all the people that work in there really bring their wholehearted love for good food every time they show up to work. But Sarah's hands are all over Plant Joy and the mushroom croissant is their BB. And that is a gorgeous crab salad-esque mix of things. Um, there are so many different herbs and spices and I can't even, I can't even list them for you. It's ridiculous. It's our most complicated recipe, um, but it's stuffed between two toasty pieces of croissant topped with a Cornish and pickle. Um, it is a strange and delicious experience and I would recommend um, going for it. If seafaring flavors are your jam, I would hit it. Um, if you want something a little easier, I think the falafel stack is really kind of all the beautiful parts of the falafel plus some of our little bells and whistles in there. That's an easy thing. Um, but the grilled greens is probably our most com- or our most you know favorite menu item. And it's basically like if you took the filling of a spanakopita um, and a bowl of tomato soup and squished it between two toasty pieces of bread with like feta cheese, that's oh. what the sandwich is kind of going for. And it's um, it is thoroughly delicious. You just, <laughs> I want you to like sit by my bed at night and just like <laughs> describe things. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I feel like I would be so hungry. Yeah. I know you just made me say it's like seafaring. Yes, I'm on a <laughs> yeah. boat now. This is amazing. <laughs> super good. That's I all. Mean, yeah, and I think we're gonna. I mean, we definitely, um, we're definitely doing some weird things, right? We don't want to do burger. You know, we want to get away from what there are so many ways to eat vegan in Charlotte. We really wanted to carve out a new area. Um, but I mean, it's really important to remember that all the recipes are pretty much nourish recipes. So they are healthy. Like we run nutritional data on everything we put out in the world and we pack things with phytonutrients, with vitamins and minerals. So you may not care about that looking at a label, but your body cares about that. And that's how you feel well and you feel lifted after a meal, um, instead of like you dragging into the, to the ground, you know? I love it. I'm, I'm like... <laughs> When are you open next? Yeah, um, well, I will be there tomorrow for lunch. We are open uh, Tuesday for lunch, 11 to 2, Wednesday, 11 to 2, and then all day Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's awesome. Okay, so where do you think, like, ideally, if you were um, the next Donald Trump, the next president, Mm. um, where would you you like to see, like, the vegan or, I guess, the diet world in the next few years? Where do you think it's going? That wasn't um, that was a weird question because I threw you off, but where I guess where do you see like 
the momentum building? So I think one of the things that's been interesting the last few years in watching, um, and like I said, you know, I, I referenced this a couple minutes ago as like, you know, 10 years ago, all these white vegans were getting together and having cleanse parties. And there was just as much vegan food getting cooked in Charlotte. We just didn't know. Right. I think veganism's big, big need area of growth this year is intersectionalism and making sure that we're not saying things like, you know, um, you know, animal abuse is slavery, that we're taking in, into account all the different human experiences that are that exist in the world and making space for anybody and everybody that wants to eat better, making space for them in the movement, right? Vegans have a really bad reputation, right? We're judgmental. We're ideologues, you know, we're ideologues to a fault. Like we are fundamentalists, some of us. It can be very intimidating, like coming into the movement when people are barking at you for me messing up and eating honey, or like angry at you because you didn't know that like Burger King has like beef powder. That's old data. They don't do that anymore. But you know what I mean? Like people be like, oh, you're not a vegan. You eat it's that. A, you if, if like someone like me who I'm not going to give up meat, but if I eat more mm -hmm. like plant-based stuff and just like shift that way. Yeah. And it's better for the planet. You know, yeah. it's like this idea that like if you don't, you know, um, there's this whole shared fire argument. All right. <laughs> This whole shared fryer argument is: Are French fries fried in a in a in a fryer with fried chicken or fish? Are they vegan? Right? And that's you know like what? kosher. They're not kosher. Yeah, that's, that's like that's point. like the kosher thing. It's like if you even if you even look at uh, a pig, go oh. to hell. Yeah, God is angry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's a religious edict, Jason. Do you know what I mean? Like, why are we cre recreating religious fundamentalism within the movement? Like, all we're doing is pushing people away. And so if you were to come up to me and be like, yo, Julia, this week, I I totally meatless monday and I just ate vegetables and, like, and vegan and vegetarian stuff on Monday. I'd be like, yo, Jason, you're great. You did a great job. Do it again next Monday. You yeah. know? And you might find over time... You might feel really good and you might be like, yo, I'm going to do Monday and Tuesday and I'll be like, <laughs> doing super great, Jason. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, what are you doing on Wednesday? Why are you eating that burger? Like, that's just not the way. So, like, I feel like if, if veganism has anything to learn from the influx of people of color and black entrepreneurs that it's seen over the last couple of years, it's making room for everybody at the table and like learning that just because your veganism doesn't look like their veganism, it doesn't mean, it, mean that it's, theirs is any less valuable, and that together we really get some momentum and help the planet heal, help our peoples heal, help our bodies heal, help our environments heal, our communities heal. That is what I think. Intersectionality. Get bigger, bigger thinking. So is your husband a vegan? He is. But he wasn't at first. He wasn't at first. Um... He was doing stuff like, uh, he'll hate me for telling the story. I love you, baby. I'm sorry. Um, he, <laughs> sorry. he probably won't listen. It's fine. <laughs> he actually does listen to most of my stuff. He's very sweet to me. Eric Burns is my biggest, he is my biggest supporter. I would not, I would not yeah, have Yvonne, any of you. Yvonne will never listen to this. So okay. whatever the fuck I want about her. <laughs> I'm sure she's great. But yeah, he's, um, he's always she my biggest supporter. He's a lovely, he's a beautiful human. He's the, he is responsible for how cute Plant Joy looks. Like he did a lot of the aesthetics and thinking about um, the aesthetics on PJ. Um, and he's a hand to nourish as well. But he uh, he bucked me. So I was like, I'm not cooking vegetarian anymore. I'm cooking vegan. You want to eat in the house? It's vegan, buddy. And he was like, all right. So he would like, you know, he'd be like after getting beers with the boys, he would like go to fuel and eat pizza at like 2 a.m., right? This is like back in our 20s. And so after a while, my man got a belly. 
You know what I mean? So one day he was like sitting, and this is before he left the finance world and he's now entrepreneuring with me and he actually works as a office manager for our friends, architecture firm, does all these like cool renaissance man things. But uh, he got a belly and he was sitting at his desk in his finance job and his shirt split. His shirt split. <laughs> and it wasn't along a seam or anywhere important. It just split. <laughs> and so he was like, all right. <laughs> and that's what it took for my Bubsy Burns um, to come across the vegan, the vegan river and he's been a happy and lovely and well-fed man ever since. And he's in some of the best health he's been in. And he's very happy. And his favorite ice cream is Netflix and chilled, non-dairy. And there's so many delicious things to eat out there. When you think about, if it feels like a limitation and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to miss mac and cheese. It's not the same, the mac and cheese, but it's freaking delicious. <laughs> they have a lot of yummy things. Everybody should try. It's Veganuary too. It's a great month to try. Veganuary. Here we are. Veganuary. Yeah, Veganuary. <laughs> There's Veganuary, be February. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. I love your passion. It's great. And Plant Joy sounds, I haven't been there yet. Yvonne's been there and she's said great things, but it sounds amazing. And I think it's, I think sometimes like you not being able to cook with meat and with cheese and stuff, it makes you more creative mm-hmm. and you figure out like how to replace that and make it just as delicious and some of the coolest stuff comes from the plant joys of the world thanks i agree but i'm pretty biased (laughs) (laughs) all right anything else you want to say about plant joy anything got coming up anything exciting any yeah i mean we um we're definitely talking about adding brunch brunch hours in the spring um but it is Guys, it is cold and slow at the Camp North End sites. We would all, all four food stalls would love to feel some love from Charlotte. Even if, um, you know, it's an outdoor court. So when it's kind of like inclement weather, it gets really slow. And everybody's doing delivery and everybody's hustling and making some really great food. So, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, if you haven't been to Camp North End, who are you? But <laughs> it's, it's a super cool spot. Like, we've mm-hmm. had that and Optimus Hall open in the last year-ish and... I mean, they're like big city. It's mm-hmm. like it's cool. Brooklyn. I feel you. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's Brooklyn, it's especially like, with Goodyear Arts. You know, our favorite or arts organization of all, like that sponsors so much good art making. Um, Goodyear Arts is like our next door neighbor. Um, has a gorgeous. I mean, it's not really open to the public now. Thank you, COVID. But some of the more cutting edge work that's made, I would say, McCall Center and and Goodyear Arts are really supporting um, contemporary art as it exists in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so we have a really nice back and forth between um, the two places too. In fact, one of their resident artists is who did our crazy psychedelic vegetable people mural. It's on the outside of Plant Joy. Um, Yeah, we would love to feed people. We would love to show you guys the magical vegetables that we can cook. Um, And I wanna, you know, I just, I wanna say we have a a strange, lovely team. So these are people that are talented artists and musicians, um, people that have like just so much passion for creativity. So when they get together into a, a, a tiny little 300 square foot kitchen and make food, it is a special thing. So you guys should definitely come out and try. I love it. Okay, final question that we ask all the guests. What's the best thing you ate this week? Oh, man. I was kind of a... Oh, wow, you caught me off guard on this one. All right. Best thing I ate this week. This is a... This is a... It's deep. Yeah. Best thing is, like, it could it could be anything. It doesn't have to be this week. It could be <laughs> in your entire life. I don't know what you ate this week. Yeah, I did. I ate something really weird this week that was really freaking good. Um, but it's not really like fancy. It's nothing chefy. Uh, so 
Um, I had this fermented cat, like, so I do a lot of like cashew fermentation. All the vegan cheeses in the world start with like a fermented something. And it's just like cheese, right? It's like either lactobacillus, um, or, um, or like yogurt cultures and you age this. So I had this aged cashew cheese and I had this like salsa that I made. And then a friend of mine, um, that has a kombucha, like a brewery, um, sent me this jar of kimchi dust. And so it was like, I could tell it was like five cups of kimchi dehydrated and made into like powder. And it was the most umami, punchy, beautiful. And so I just put that all over the cashew cheese and the salsa and ate that with chips. And it was like, I kind of, you know, you take a bite and you're just like, ah. <laughs> it's just so satisfying. That sounds it's so delicious. delicious. Yeah, holy crap, kimchi dust. I'm not going to tell yes. you the best thing I ate this week because it is the opposite of vegan and <laughs> you will not like it. What is it? <laughs> so I ordered Little Caesars pizza for the oh first time. Oh my God, time. Jason. <laughs> In 20 years, I swear to God, their pizza's good, and I killed I killed the planet's gonna die now. But it was it was good. I apologize. What do you get on your little Caesar's pie? Man, that was my favorite pizza as a kid. So they like it popped up on my Instagram, and it was like fresh <laughs> mozzarella, Asiago cheese crust, and pepperoni, non-vegan pepperoni. Mm, yeah. But it was very delicious, and it was good. That's your big food memory for the week. That's my big, well, that was yesterday, and uh, everything before that, we're just going to erase. Um. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like you could use some veganuary, Jason. I know, God, I need a, I need a vegan, I need a lot of things. God, right. is there something that like, you can trance me? Like, I want to go, I feel like we need to go back to the, uh, to the dragon. Mm. We need to, like, there need, I need to, like, go in a room, mm. and it's just, like, broccoli, and, like, I sit down on the broccoli, and then there's, like, a big, like, lettuce that you put over your head. Sure. And you, like, sit there, and you <laughs> think. Abs- yeah, you absorb the vegetable vibes. Yeah. I feel like, you know what you should do? Vegetable it's, oh, vibes. That's it. That vegetable be, vibes. Like, Vegan be, vibes, man. Mm-hmm. Veggie vibes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know, Leonard Nimoy. You know Spock? You know Star Trek? Leonard Nimoy? He's um, vegetarian. I mean, not personally, but I know who he is. He's a cool guy. There yeah. are lots of cool guys that are vegetarian. He's a Jew. That's a, that's a, He's yes, a and a Jew. Yes, and he's on I top. I know all of the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> same, man, same. This fun. <laughs> what were you saying about Leonard Nimoy? He's rad, and he was vegetarian. Like, there are so many cool vegans and vegetarians, man. Like, Leonard, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. We got a lot. You know, Woody Harrelson been been vegan a minute. And you know Bill Clinton went vegan, otherwise he would have croaked, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was a coronary waiting to happen. <laughs> and now he's like raw vegan. I'm super proud of our, of our man Clinton. But yeah, I mean that's kind of a fun thing too. It's like you know back in the day when I was like, man, I really need to meditate every day, but I really don't want to. I was like, all right, who meditates every day? And I was like, oh, all the rad people meditate every day. <laughs> all right, I gotta fucking do it. You know, I feel like if you go see the list of like rad vegan and vegetarian humans, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like I have to kind of play with the successful people. They understand things that we don't get. That's normal people don't get. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. Okay, tell us where we can find you on Instagram, Facebook, sure. Parlor, wherever you are. <laughs> I would say if there is if there is a corporate culture in Charlotte that is the exact opposite of everything we witnessed in DC this last week, last week it would be what is happening in the Plant Joy Kitchen at Camp North End. That is a safe space. 
If you come with an unmasked face, you will not be served. There, there's no, there's no Auschwitz uh, sweaters or anything. Oh my God, you will be. I don't know what would happen, but it would not be pretty um, at all, at all. There is okay, no I'll, bigotry. I'll, I'll try to remember not to wear mine. Um, yeah, there is no bigotry tolerated at that window of a window of any type. Fan club? That's not it. Shouldn't wear that. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, we're at, at Plant Joy Charlotte. So you know, P L A N T underscore uh, J O Y underscore C L T. And then um, Nourish is at Nourish Charlotte, all one word. There's a lot of back and forth between the companies. Um, a lot of rad humans work for both. Um, just, just trying to like elevate a little, you know. Um, really think about what is what is a what is a ethically sound business look like like what a happy culinarians look like like what does it look like you know and the food's really good too thankfully yeah exactly yeah. that's like all all that's great but the food has to taste good and the food's good so everyone go support plant joy go support him north end go support julia and her amazing team and her amazing team <laughs> this has been great it's been amazing. This has been super fun. It has been. Thank you. And uh, everyone have a great week. And we'll be back next week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night.